at where you are. Thank you for so many of you to join us. Amen. In person. It's good to worship our Lord together. Amen. 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 And we encourage you out there to join in with us in the worship. A little something like this. We want to tell you. We want to tell you.
Amen, church. Amen. Did you enter into his course with praise and thanksgiving? Don't you know it's the Lord that has made us and not we all say. So let us praise his holy name. Amen. Amen, church. The scripture reading will come from 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings, I mean chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to begin at the first verse. If you're able to stand in front of God's word, you may do so. 1 Kings chapter 19. Pastor's going to preach about what do you do when you've had enough. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down on a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough. Lord, he said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, for the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. And the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Then he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your priests. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle spirit. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, Go back the same way you came, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, Jehu 
grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anointed Elijah, the son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elijah. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Amen.
from the New International Version. It simply says here, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, shut down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. If you can help me announce the subject matter to your neighbors, ask them this question. What do you do when you had enough? Look at your other neighbor, ask them the same question, trying to get the same answer and response from them. What do you do when you had enough? I want to encourage you to don't give up. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Tell your other neighbor the same response, don't give up. When we look at our text today, Ahab and Jezebel are not in the best position. They are kings and queens, but they're leading the nation in the wrong direction. But here in the 18th chapter, God brings this prophet out of nowhere, Elijah, who then tells the king there's going to be no more rain because y'all not acting right. And then he's gone and he spends some time with the widow out in the wilderness and God provides for him and cares for him, covers him. Then God calls him back. Say, now you got to go back to Ahab. What I want to highlight here is that Elijah was chosen by God to do an amazing task. But yet, when adversity hits him, and it hits him hard, he doesn't know how to respond. How do you respond in times of adversity? Times when things may be threatening your security? Times when your life might be in danger, and oftentimes we know our primary response when we have that sense of fear or sense of threat is either to fight, to flee, or to freeze. And we see here, Elijah, his idea was to flee. He says, I'm getting out of Dodge. The signals to our brain when we are threatened and we feel afraid, we will oftentimes retreat or we might fight depending on our narrative. But notice when we are happy and feeling successful and feeling good and, and not facing much diversity and adversity in our lives, seems everything is under control. But when we get angry or we are saddened and we suffer some adverse situations, those negative thoughts start running through our brain, running through our mind. How good am I? Am I better than anybody else? Will anybody miss me if I am gone? We start wrestling and dealing with depression and anxiety and fear and anger. Am I talking to somebody here? And when we are in these positions, when we are in these dark places, y'all catch that? We call those right dark places. When we are there, that's when we need to be reminded that God is still in control. Notice again, I will highlight where Elijah is right now. He's in a dark place in verse 4. He's in a dark place in verse 4. Well, when I highlight, God asked him twice, why are you here? So when God asked him, why are you here, it could be his geographical location, because that's not where I called you. 
You are not in where I called you to be. You're running out of the kingdom. You're trying to go as far south from the kingdom and not be where I called you to be. But notice that God helped him to get there. Even when he thought he was alone, God was with him. Is that good news to somebody? Even while we think we might be alone, even while we might be going through hardships and times of thinking that where there's nobody to defend us and help us out, that God is still there. And God asked him the question, why? Are you here? And notice his response was that I'm here because I'm the only one. Mm. When we are dealing with times of anger and, and depression, we're feeling like there's nobody else that can understand or empathize what I'm going through. I'm the only one dealing with this. Here's how you can know when someone's going through this. Listen to their vocabulary. Every time. Always. And so they're letting you know that they're in a dark place because that's not proper rationale. Y'all know me like I know you that there's nobody perfect. But yet we make people perfect. Y'all quiet on me. When we're upset or angry, you are always. <laughs> and you never. And you be like, I never know what I was doing that good. <laughs> and so when we're angry, upset, we're not rationalizing, we're generalizing, putting everything to make sure to to give us reason why I'm angry and I'm justified in my anger. Not on that, only on, on Elijah's side, but look at Jezebel and her anger. Look what she said. By this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead and may my God strike me down. Well, if y'all know, by that time tomorrow, she was still alive. She was talking loud, but saying nothing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so in our time of anger, we can talk and not make sense. Because we're so caught up in our own emotion. But here it is. I want to encourage us. Do you know where you are? Do you know not necessarily your geographical location, but your emotional state? Where are you? Are you happy? Are you stressed out? Are you frustrated? We deal with all kinds of emotions, and oftentimes we don't want anybody to know when we're angry or we're sad because we feel embarrassed. But I want to encourage you, there's no need to be embarrassed, to be angry, to be sad. It's a natural emotion. The problem is that how we respond is the problem. We don't always act our best when we're angry. We don't always act our best when we're sad. But when we're happy, we seem that's our normal state. But our normal state is that we deal with emotions. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. But what's consistent is that I keep my rationale. Y'all follow me here? To understand that who is in control and who can change what my situation is better than I can. And that is God. Notice that God is calling Elijah to reflect on why he is there. Elijah is now in response because Ahab told Jezebel. Notice what? He told Jezebel everything that the prophet has done. And not the king, but Jezebel man. I want you to understand this. The king has the authority. And yet he's being ran astray by Jezebel bringing in all these false prophets. Notice that Ahab listens to the prophet. Y'all see that? But Jezebel doesn't listen to the prophet. She wants to curse the prophet. And so the king understands his role and responsibility that God has placed prophets to tell me of his word. But yet now, because he has done this, notice the text tells us Jezebel is killing all the other prophets. Mm. And because of that, Elijah is scared. He got there because 
He is being obedient to God. Sometimes when you are obedient to God, people may not like you. They may come after you. They may try to knock you down. In, in 1 Kings 17.1, now Elijah was from Tishbe of Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel is, the God of Israel, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Rain was withheld. King Ahab allowed Jezebel and her idolatry to invade Israel and run them up. The prophets of Baal were given place of prominence, and Jezebel was seeking to kill any prophet that would, that would come against the work of Baal. The people and the land suffered because of their lack of worship, the lack of humility, and the lack of leadership of their king to serve their God. When Elijah shows the awesome power of God, by praying, and the skies closed up. Notice that he understood that God is in control. I want to encourage you, as Elijah did, that don't forget to talk to God. In our times of depression, our times of anger, our times of anxiety, as well as our times of joy, God is still the same God. Is he not able? And so when we can take all our troubles, all our issues to the Lord in prayer, we can cast all our cares upon him for he's the one who cares. And so therefore do not be anxious for another, but in all things, and with thanksgiving, make your supplication known to God and the, and the peace of God, the transfers all in the cell, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. We find strength in prayer. One thing about prayer is this that we find, I want to encourage you to understand that prayer won't change other people. Sometimes we get lost in prayer trying to pray for somebody else to change. When it's you the one that needs to change. If you have a habitual prayer life, it will change you. It will change your behavior. It will change your response because you start understanding that I can't change them, but Lord, change me. If you're having an argument with someone, and you always get into an adverse argument with them. Don't pray God how to change them. Say, Lord, how can I change my response? Y'all quiet on When we can humble ourselves and allow the Lord use us, we can see how that person may not change, but our relationship will, will grow and change because I've changed to adapt and help us to grow and not make it worse, but to make it better. God shows us his strength when we trust in him. We will need him in our times when we face adversity. Notice when Jezebel hears of the success of what Elijah did, that's when she threatens him and he runs. Do not allow the enemy to discourage you when you are successful. Notice Elijah had a great success. It's when he faces his great adversity. Oftentimes when we're rising to the top, when we're rising to the top, it is so hard we don't see the success that we're doing. But once you achieve the success, then start, people start poking holes at you. Then they start talking about you. And they start letting you know what they don't like about you. And if you are not able to ground yourself and realize that you know that everything's not about you and realize that you don't have any of this but by the grace of God, you'll be mindful that you might lose your mind like Elijah and realize that hey, there's nothing else I can do. Let me run. Because notice Jezebel says that her God can strike him down or her down if he, she don't get him. But yet it was his God that closed up the skies and knocked down all the prophets of Baal and sent fire down from heaven and even licked up the water and killed the sacrifice that there was nothing left. 
but he finds himself a day's journey under a tree, looking how he wants to give up. What do you do when you had enough? Notice what God does for him. He realizes that you are weak. And notice that since he was weak, he sent an angel to make him a meal. And, and notice what happens here. The angel wakes him up, kind of disturbing his pity party. He over there having a pity party, upset and mad all of a sudden. What you going to wake me up and give me some good food for? <laughs> right? You know, oftentimes, right, you're trying to be nice to somebody when they're feeling down. You just got to be consistent. Be kind, so don't talk down upon them. Say, hey, you just need this and just leave it there and walk away. Notice what the angel did. Say, here you go. You need this for your journey. As he lay down and slept, uh, looking at verses 5 through 8, he lay down and slept under a juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Rise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food. Forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel Lord wakes him under the shade of the juniper tree. Now, the angels have done this before for Elijah when he was in the wilderness. And also, too, Elijah knows about going on journey because when he stopped the rain, it says that he outran Ahab's chariot. If y'all look closely to that, Ahab had a head start. <laughs> and in the rain... And the downpour, he outran Ahab and his chariot. What I want to highlight is that Elijah is not, uh, is, not unknown, is not unknown to him how great God is and how God has done supernatural things in his presence. But at the moment of his high and then he gets his low, he starts doubting that is there anybody that knows what he's going through. But notice again, even while he was low, God was there to pick him up. And encourage us again. What do you do when you had enough? You need to pray. And you need to look to God for strength. God will guide you to where you need to be. He can send people right there. Oftentimes, many of us have gotten that phone call when we needed it. Got that message when we needed it. You bumped in somebody at the grocery store when you needed it. How God can put people in your life just to help you out just at your breaking point. Just when you're about to give up and give in, you got that phone call, you got that text, you got that message, you hear that word that says, I can keep on now. Because I've been encouraged, I've been strengthened for this journey. No, no, we know how to source it. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. The angel tells him, your journey is too raw hard for you. So a second time he came to encourage him physically. Oftentimes many of us are depressed and stressed out because we're not taking care of our physical body. Are you eating healthy? Are you having a proper diet? Are you getting enough water and, 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 and reducing your sugar intake? All those things that are general information. If you go to the doctor, they ask you all those questions. That's why they ask. How much do you drink? How much do you eat? Do you get enough vegetables? Do you get enough fruit? They check on the children because now, because you got responsible for the children. They ask, they ask you as a child, do they get a healthy diet? And everybody, parent, got to think about it. Not too much lately, right? Sometimes, you know, we fast food, fast out, but we got to make up and say, how can I make sure my children eat healthy so they can grow big and strong? Don't forget that our health oftentimes impacts our mood. If you need some help, just think about how our schools are giving free and reduced lunches. Because understand that it's hard for children to learn they're going to be there on an empty stomach. Their mood 
will be, you know, the, the, as the commercial says, hangry, rather be hungry and angry. They won't be upset until they get some food in their body. But it's not even that deep. You've seen people that are diabetic, right? When, when their level's not right, they got to eat. They got to eat, and then all of a sudden they stand right back in. Y'all quiet on. Oftentimes in our lives, we want to blame somebody for our condition, but are you taking care of yourself? God is helping Eliza because Eliza's not able to take care of himself. He's so depressed. He's so down. He's so out that he's saying, look here, I'm going to give you what you need. There's some people in our lives that we need to look at them and realize they're not acting themselves. What can I do to step in and help them out? Maybe I need to knock on their door. Maybe they give them a call. I don't need to ask. Let me just bring some food over. Then I know that they're like, oh, bring it so that they can prepare. Whatever it is, just find a way that you can help them out and realize that I need you to be helped. Because if you're not healthy, how can you take care of somebody else? And we've been there. We've seen people taking care of their loved ones or mourning a, a, a loss of a loved one. They need somebody just to help them out to make it through. Maybe you're that one. Maybe you could be like that angel and come and encourage them. Not this one time, but come by a second time. Y'all see that? He didn't just stop off once and I'm done. Came back a second time. Let us continue to build that relationship and give people the endurance to make it. But notice what happens here is that the Lord wants Elijah to know that you're not alone, even though you feel alone. He asked, he asked him twice, why are you here? And both responses was, I'm the only one. Jezebel's killed everybody. And so God says, all right, first let me show you something. Uh, I want you to go to this mountain like I told you and wait till you hear my voice. And we saw right how it was until the quiet whisper came. Oftentimes we allow the minority to be allowed as a lie. But God's still quiet voice is what we need to listen to. We need to remove the noise. We need to remove all the things that seems big and grandiosous and amazing and start looking for God in the simple. God says he makes, he makes the simple the wise and the wise simple. God gives grace to the, to the humble, but he opposes the pride. Here is Elijah was looking for something, and, and God showed up in a way that was unique and special in a still, quiet voice. And he told him that all the prophets are not dead. I have some that you, she don't even know about. And then on top of that, that king and that queen you're scared of, they're going to be killed. And, and Cass says, it's not going to be by you. It's going to be by this king who I'm going to choose to tell you to anoint, and by this prophet I'm going to choose you to anoint to be with you because you seem like you're all by yourself. And that's something. Elijah seems all by himself. God says, I'm going to give you somebody so you won't be all by yourself. And then he chooses Elisha. If you look in the Bible, Elisha is not as great as Elijah. But Elisha does more miracles than Elijah. <laughs> Elijah asks for a double portion of Elijah. And he receives it. And he does greater miracles than Elijah. But Elisha is not Elijah. <laughs> what I want to highlight here again is that oftentimes when God blesses us with people, let's not get jealous of what they got. But realize that if, if they are here and we're here together, how can we work together for the glory of God's kingdom? Elijah felt by himself, but God was with him and God helped him out to realize, I will give you more prophets. And then we realize when he raised Elisha, we go read about Elisha, there's a school of prophets. 
that are coming up. And so there's a, a partnership that comes up. But yet in a moment of time when he was down and out and he was, he was feeling depressed, he felt like giving up. God encouraged him not to give up. And how did God encourage him? One, God sent an angel to help him out. He was running for his life, fearing Jezebel and Ahab. And God sent an angel. Second thing that God did when he sent the angel, he gave him food. We got to take care of our physical nature. We got to make sure we eat healthy. We got to make sure we are exercised, doing all the things we need to do to make sure that we are in good physical strength. Because the physical strength also will impact our mentality. And then once we're in a stronger mental state, we need to hear a word from God. Spend some time in your word. Study, pray, come to Bible study, come to Sunday school, go to small groups, go to places and spend more time in the Word of God. Don't get caught up with what's so happening in the news that you know the weather, you know the politics, you know the sports teams, but you can't quote a verse from God. You got a lot of people that can tell you the new dance, but they can't tell you how to say a prayer. They can't tell you the books of the Bible. But when we spend time with God, we can hear from God. We've got to separate ourselves. And sometimes it's good to get away, but don't get away that you're too far away. Elijah got too far away. God said, come back. Come back. What do you do when you had enough? Just stand. Stand on his word. Stand on his promise. Remind yourself that greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Remind yourself that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. When... Elijah hears from God. He's encouraged, letting her know that everything you said, Elijah, I can show you what is real. There's another thing, too. When we are angry and we're upset and we're not speaking rational, that's why we got to question ourselves, is it true? Jezebel says, I'm going to have you tomorrow. If not, my God will give me. The question is, is that true? Elijah tells God, there's no one else but me. Is that true? Jezebel has killed all the prophets. Is that true? When we are feeling down and out, we can ask us that question. Is it true? Do I know that it's true? Nobody cares about me. Is that true? I'm the only one that can do it. Is that true? Nobody will miss me if I'm gone. Is that true? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That once truth lets everybody know that you are loved. You are, you are concerned about because he loves you that much. He came for you. And when people are feeling down and out, that's when they be reminded by the word of God that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. In men's life, right, we get mad at people and we kick them out when we get upset. We, I don't love you anymore, all that stuff. Where can you find in the Bible? God says he never loves you. Or he stops loving you. We know his love, what? Never fails. So, Eliza experiences God the same God at his high point and at his low point. His love never changes. And how his love never changes is just that it is consistent, but also God knows how to reach us where we are. So my question for you, do you know where you are? And if you don't, God knows. And he knows how to reach you where you are. Will you be open to hear from him? If God tells you to move, will you move? If God tells you to be still, will you be still and know that he is God?
The choice is yours. There's not anybody else that can make that decision for you. But you have to choose it. Do not allow the enemy to distract you and deter you thinking that God cannot reach you. But ask yourself, is it true? Because God's arm is not too short. His ear is not too dull. He can say and he will do. A lot of people talk, but they can't make it happen. But when God speaks, things change. When Jesus spoke to the water, it turned to wine. When he spoke, Lazarus come forth, he came alive. When he said to Luke, come, open up, they opened up. When he said, girl, rise, she rose up. So I want to encourage you here that the angel came and spoke to him and says, get up. I want you to encourage some people sometimes in your life and help them to get up. Speak life with them and help them to get up. To let them know you don't have to stay down. You don't have to be defeated because we serve a God. And, and Paul wrote it that the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in you. That same power. The power to get up. Oftentimes people try to knock us down and move us out the way. But I encourage you to get up. And maybe you might have to eat. Maybe you might have to sit and recover yourself, but yet get up. Don't stay down. And when you realize as you can get up, think about your Lord and Savior who got up. How they nailed him to the cross thinking he could not get up from there. Challenge mocking him saying he did this and he did that, but he can't save himself. No, he's there because he wants to save you. Aren't you glad that he died for a wretch like you and me? And when they buried him in the grave, they thought they had him down and out. They put guards on the tomb saying they can't get him out. But they didn't understand that God had all power in his hands. That when the earth shook and the tomb opened up, he got up. And once he got up, he lets you know that one day I'm going to come back again for you to be with me. And so I'm going to encourage you that no matter how down you feel that you're down, just look up knowing that you can get up. Well, you keep your eyes on the skies and your eyes on the prize and Christ in his highest calling. Keep on working and, walk, and walking for the kingdom of God. Don't allow your time of anxiety, your time of depression, your time of sadness to weigh you down. But let go and let God. You can get up. So if you don't know how you got here, start asking your question. Why am I here? And then start asking the question, is it true? But one thing I know, that God is real. And since I know that he is real, I know that he can be a present help in the time of trouble. All I got to do is call on the name of the Lord. And every, 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 every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Because in the presence of the Lord there is liberty. So we call on the name of the Lord. You shall be saved. So call on And don't give up. So next time you said you had enough or someone's on your last nerves, don't give up. Just say, Lord, help me to hold out. Give me strength. Give me mercy. Give me grace. Notice you're saying me, not saying them. Because you want God to change you so you'd be better for them. And you could be an example of what his grace and his mercy looks like. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you never gave up on us. We thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you, God, that you are present help in the time of trouble. 
And Father, Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that they come to know him for themselves. Now, Lord, I, I pray they're looking for a church home, a place that to, they have not been baptized and they have not joined the fellowship that Zion welcomes them here in this place. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your Bible tells us that we can confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he defeated death. But rising from the grave on the third day, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I pray they pray that prayer today. They might be listening, they might be here, Lord, I pray that you guide them, that I believe in teaching church, where they can join the fellowship and be discipled and grow in the admonition of your grace and your mercy. In Jesus Christ, I know you. Amen. Amen. As you can see on the worship, when we're prepared to get God his tithes and our offering, and those who are online, you're able to give your tithes and your offering uh, through our website. You can text to give. And as we prepare to give God your offering, we encourage you to, uh, those who give online or bring it up forward, we're going to have a word of prayer. Mighty God, we give back to you, Lord, what already belongs to you. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to give. And Lord, bless those that desire to give, but yet have not. We thank you, Lord, you supply all our needs. So, Father, bless these gifts uh, for the building of your kingdom, for the, reaching, for the, for the preaching and teaching of your ministry, and to clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, and visiting the sick and the shut we pray for your gospel to move forward in this place. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. May the ushers come forward and God is around. And if you are here and you're looking to join this place of fellowship, you want to walk around with offering, maybe see the, the deacons or the ministers up front, we'd be happy to get your information, follow up with you how you can join this fellowship and discipleship. Amen. 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 Thank you for those who join us online. God bless you and may he keep you.